Relax and Win. Now, this was a book that I had saw scrolling through the internet one day, and I was fascinated. And I really knew kind of the essence of the energetics of what it meant. But this was a book from an iconic sprint coach and Navy aviation specialist on how to optimize performance. So as an obsessive clinical hypnotherapist, always seeking to see through other people's eyes, right? Also to broaden my toolbox for hmm, high achievers, let's just call them that. I came across this book. And as I read through, it simply was this mirror to belong in this zone of hyperstate, this zone of genius, this flow state, and often found through suggestions that we use with NLP or hypnosis. And where it really, really clicked for me was this reality of being a high performer with neurodiversity, meaning a different type of brain. Some call it ADHD. Now, my brain's always on. And as I, as I speak my experience, and I'm going to kind of wind it all together, and it's going to be a fascinating, uh, let's just call it vlog, blog, as I bring it into a podcast, however you're listening to it, I want you to see how you relate. And if you're a high performer or have ADHD, how your body's always hypervigilant. And it leaves us in this sprinting through life that brings us almost to the edge of burnout. So this is why relaxing is the key to emotional intelligence and really playing the long game. It's something I've had to learn over and over again. So let's go ahead and jump in. And I mean, high jump. Okay. Total pun intended. So this icon's name was Bud Winter, and he was one of the best sprint coaches ever. And across 30 years at San Jose State University, he produced 27 track and field Olympians and three Olympic gold medalists. And at one time, his runners held every world record for sprinting events. Simply amazing, my friends. So his recent fame as it resurfaced the internet was due to what he discovered during World War II. You know, something that had nothing to do with athletics. And as a young coach before the war, he experimented with sports psychology, in particular, relaxation. Now, after Pearl Harbor, he enlisted in Navy aviation and was assigned to the Del Monte Pre-Flight School in California. Now, early in the war, the Navy at this time was having a huge problem. America was failing. They were losing the war. And despite recruiting the best and brightest spending a fortune on training and technology, their new pilots were cracking under conditions. They suffered from fatigue. They froze under pressure. They shot at the wrong airplanes. And on top of that, their training was super slow and they needed new pilots. So the Navy tasked Winter with using sports psychology to improve the results at the school. So we created two equal groups of cadets. One was a control group and an experimental group. 
he then took the two experimental group and trained them into this progressive relaxation technique. One technique enabled airmen to teach themselves to fall asleep within two minutes. Now, I'm gonna share that at the end, so hang tight. So, in the 60s, he was a track and field coach. And if you can successfully clear your mind of an active thought for 10 seconds, you can create mastery, even when trying to fall asleep. So what Winter found that at any thought of movement, any thought of just pure movement prevented sleep. But the sleeping technique, while useful, is not the core message of this book. Yes, the technique did, you know, help the cadets reduce their fatigue and their stress and their sleep, but he discovered something else, that the relaxation technique, when combined with positive self-suggestion, made the cadets better at everything. The relaxation group beta beat the control group in nearly every activity that the cadets did, often by huge margins. And the military history was an exception. They did better at sports. They could identify Japanese versus US planes much faster and more accurately. They got higher marks in examinations and they were also happier and less stressed. Now, unfortunately, despite early success, the program was scrapped. Winter claims for political reasons, but he brought the learning back to the track. Quite fascinating story. I mean, talk about a legend that touched so many lives. And, you know, I wanted to just tap into this relaxation, this win tactic. And basically, he studied champions in all of these sports. Winter would study all of the sports and notice something very interesting. What he noticed is they never looked like they were putting in effort. So in the old days, coaches thought that, you know, you had to have this clenched fist and a set jaw characterized for like that champion action, that intense, just this intenseness, right? And then came again, World War II. And these coaches found that it was this relaxed state, the same as runners. It was these fellows that were, kind of had like this trout look on their faces and they had these sleepy looking guys with these loose jaws and lip hands who are not only turning into the best athletic performers, but also were shooting down all these planes. So Winter's theory was that tension is antagonistic to the muscles and it actually slows you down. And that the trick was to relax those muscles using fewer muscles to do the same tasks. So Winter's coaching actually revolved around taxes to keep his athletes relaxed at all times in any situation. So here are four of the most important parts that I pulled from the book. And they're known as statements. And the first one that he would scream was loose hands, loose jaw. He would shout relax from the sidelines, right? 
So Winter found that tension, particularly in the forehead, the jaws, the hands seemed to be the most damaging. And he would consistently cue his athletes, loose hands, loose jaw, loose hands, loose jaw. Now this specific cue helped the whole of that athlete relax. Other cues that he used would be run fast, stay loose, get the wrinkles out of your forehead. I thought that was pretty funny. I could use that one at the salon, right? Get the brook trout look, drop those shoulders and let the meat hang from the bones. Now, next up was the rule of 90% effort. Another curious thing that he and his coach and his team discovered that sprinting at 90% effort was faster than an all-out effort. So it took a lot of convincing of these athletes, but it demonstrated to be true. These athletes wanted to leave everything out on the track, right, for the team. But by pulling back just 10%, they were faster. So trying too hard did not work. It caused unnecessary muscles to fire and faster fatigue. Now, the next suggestion technique was to let nothing bother you. Now, Winter found that his athletes were prone to psyching themselves out. He felt that it was a way for them to give themselves an excuse and things that didn't go well. And it caused them things to, well, not go well. That's what we call a predestined thought, my friends. And so he wouldn't accept negative talk from anyone. And I can relate to this with my hypnotherapy clients, because if you have trash talk, you're always going to be taken out the trash. And there is no room for you to be in the space of production and, and life giving forward movement when you're always moving into the past and low vibrational potty mouth. Let's just call it that. So it was hot. The team would say they love to run in the heat. When the team traveled to Idaho to compete, the home team thought that Californians would be disadvantaged by the cold weather. Instead, the team ran outside in shorts and rolled around and played in the snow. That's right. They won every meet. The last 10 were to never give yourself an excuse to fail. And along with this relaxation routine, Winter's encourage his athletes to imprint positive messages regarding his attitude while in a relaxed state. So if they were running a race, they would repeat, I am going to run fast and loose. If they were asking someone on a date, they would say, I am going to be happy, interesting, poised, and thoughtful. Right? So he lays out these great auto suggestions for his athletes and for other parts of their life as well. So they shined in excellence everything that they did. And Winter felt that the best attitude for any type of competition was cool confidence, not indifference. And that is a balancing act. You must want to win. You must be determined, but must be loose and relaxed. Your adrenaline is up, but you must be in control. This presented a paradox, right? And that's how... He taught cadets to be pepped up and relaxed at the same time. So it's so fascinating. So in summary, the rest of the book contains interviews with famous coaches and athletes, just mostly backing up the idea that relaxation is helpful in creating a champion. 
mostly of interest if you are a fan of the 70s and 80s sports. He also talks about John Wooden and coaches of Muhammad Ali. And the meat of the book really contains about the first 100 pages that I went through, but there's some tricks and ideas that could prove useful for every day, for sports and pursuits such as just accelerated learning, right? They studied such great champions, those like Joe DiMaggio and great baseball players, a great pole vaulter, and noted that they had sleepy, relaxed looks on their faces. So the next time you're feeling intense, just remember, trout that face, the arms dangled, what was important is that they let nothing bother them. They lived thoughts of excellence. Whether it was hot or cold, whether it was a stadium full or empty, whether the competition provided vicious or gentle, whether they were performing in practice or competing in Madison Square Garden, they seldom, if ever, lost their cool confidence and relaxed efficiency. So what lessons can you take? What lessons can you take from this? Relax and win. Run fast, stay loose. Drop the shoulders. Get the wrinkles out of your forehead. May those ring true for the next time that you are in deep state of stress. Now, before I let you go, I'm going to go ahead and talk you through his very short and pithy relaxation around sleep. So, eyes gently closed, hands in your laps, and make a first breath by taking that breath in. And as you slowly relax deeper into the breath, as you exhale, just let the palms your body, take the cue, releasing the tension. And now making a fist of your hands and breathing in. And on the relaxation, allowing those palms to just move into relaxation. Just let go, breathing, sitting in the chair. And imagine just as those soldiers, the crashing, the stimulating bomb sounds around them, relax into self-mastery. And as you go to bed tonight, use this technique. And in relaxation, just relax back, uncross legs, lying flat, eyes closed, breathing slowly, exhaling tension, relaxing the forehead, relaxing the eyes, relaxing the jaw, let the mouth just hang open, relaxing the tongue, the lips, just allowing your shoulders to drop, feeling each arm feeling 10 pounds heavier, one tiny muscle at a time, relaxing deeper, relaxing the chest, the rib cage letting the midriff just fully expressed out and fully relaxed, holding nothing in, feeling the state of relaxation and associating it with the word 
calm. Now check the face, the upper body, the lower body for any tension. Relaxing each leg even deeper now, one muscle at a time, just relaxed. Take three deep breaths. And exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. And exhale. And for the following five minutes, right before you go to bed, imagine you're just lying in the bottom of a still canoe on a still pond, hearing the waves of water around you seeing the beautiful sky, imagining you are in a large black velvet, maybe even a black velvet hammock in just complete darkness, saying the words, don't think for 10 seconds and see yourself drifting off into sleep. All right, my loves, I hope you enjoyed that guided meditation at the end, and the story of relax and win, how these simple self-hypnosis techniques were used by iconic sprint coaches and Navy aviation specialists to optimize performance, relaxation, and optimizing your life for the better. All my love, all my light. Remember, seed your success.